0: Think about it, when you're accumulating money in an account, you want to be cognizant of how long you're going to be investing, at what rate of return you're kind of shooting for, you know, is it interrupted compound interest?
1: All right, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy American Podcast. It's a beautiful day here in our beautiful country. I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Stryker. What's going on? How's it going? How's it going? Doing? Going Fantastic. It's a
0: beautiful, beautiful time to be a wealthy American. It certainly is. And Jim, today, what do we want to cover? I think uh, today would be fantastic, as we've talked about, to talk about qualified plans. We get this question a lot. What is a qualified plan? And who is it qualified for or with? Right. And so I think it'd be great for us just to demystify this uh,
1: a little bit. And so this has ever come up for you, Will, as it does uh, for me? Oh, 100%. I think there's so many things around qualified plans. And first, let's define what a qualified plan is. So a qualified plan, all this is, there's going to be a section of the tax code somewhere, like 401k. Hey, oh, that's where it comes from. That says you can contribute money before tax dollars into this thing. And you'll pay taxes on that when you go to pull from it. But you don't have to pay taxes on it now. The reason why you can do that is because of the tax codes. And so a qualified plan is going be 401k, 403b. There's a lot of different types of these based on the codes and all that stuff, depending if you're a non institution, educational institution, if you work for just a standard for-profit employer, all that stuff. But the characteristics that make it that is you're able to contribute that before you get taxed in your paycheck with ordinary income that go towards there. So that's what we're talking about here. But yes, I think- a lot of people have a lot of questions about these, and they're kind of um, in general looked at it as the default. Like it's the de facto, this is the retirement plan for most people if you don't have and looking at a pension.
0: Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you said something there that I think is worth uh, unpacking a little bit in that people have this, I think we all do kind of have this general assumption that, you know, a 401k or a 403b or a 457 or whatever is a plan of some kind, and it's actually not. It's actually just code, right? So it's not a plan. And so how do they work? Well, they, they work really in kind of a basic way, Will, in that it's a place to save money today without paying tax today. The money in the account is obviously yours, right? But we have this partner, per se, in this account for a later date.
1: Well, who's the partner? Well, that partner is good old Uncle Sam, the IRS, right? And it's kind of interesting. We look at these accounts and you know, a lot of people I'll talk to, they'll go, Hey, I've got a million, two million dollars, five hundred thousand, whatever it is, inside of my 401k. And, and, you know, there's a question. You don't want to be that person at the party. But unfortunately, with our job, our job is to educate. And so there's a question that has to be asked there, which is how much of that money is yours? And they go, Well, all of it, it's in my account. Well. well kind of. You look at that money in your account as all yours. The IRS looks at that money as whatever tax rate you're paying on ordinary income tax in retirement. And they go, oh, we're going to get our hands on Jim's draw from that 401k once he turns 65 or whenever he goes to turn that income on all the way until that's all the way out and that's coming. So that's a deferred plan where that keeps growing and the tax liability keeps growing for us. That's great.
0: Yep. So it really it sort of have to think about it in terms of that money that we're not paying tax on today. And this quote qualified to do so with the government account is going to grow tax deferred or tax postponed, but not tax free, right? There's going to be a tax bill eventually on this account on the gain, the growth. And when you go to extract money out, it's going to be all lumped into a tax and so i was thinking about this Will, as we we're preparing for uh, this episode for everybody now i was thinking about writing a letter to anyone with a 401k in an ira account for something to consider and so i don't know if you know this or not but did you know that 45 years ago no one in america had a 401k and the reason is is because they were designed 45 years ago and who were they designed by they were designed by wall street and the irs to replace Something um, to begin with, for most hardworking Americans, had something uh, that at that time was paid out. Most of the time, it was tax-free retirement income. So, if you ask uh, just about any Boomer or somebody who was saving money or you know working at a company forty-five years ago, they had something called pensions, right? So, this was a, a guaranteed retirement income that happened until you passed. Um, it was a hundred percent independent of the market, um, and it mo for the most states, it was a federal income tax-free benefit. And so now we have you know, the 401k, which is uh, just you know, a little bit slightly different than that plan. And so we're going to delay or defer or postpone the tax calculation. And if future tax rates will go lower than they are today, well, these are going to work out great, right? We're going to have more money in the account. But if future tax rates are higher, obviously there's a potential for us to have, you know, less. And so I always like to ask people, well, they're not good or bad. I'm not like against anything from that perspective. We just have to understand what it is. It's also, you know, a good lesson to seek more understanding than it is to seek, you know, any kind of, you know, judgment in in these types of things, because there's pros and cons to to everything, right? But in this country today, do you have this feeling or this belief that tax rates are going to be higher, lower, or the same. Answer that question for yourself, because you have a tax bill in a qualified account that you will have to deal with. And so, again, if taxes are lower, it's going to work out great. If taxes are the same, hey, probably going to work out great too. But if they're higher, it could potentially uh, be something that somebody would want to uh, want to know about. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. And these are just the way that these things work, guys. Right? Like it's not we're saying they're bad, they're good, they're indifferent. It's just the functional mechanics of them. And that's where like, you know, some, some things that are probably worth considering there, right? Because we are talking about the worst case scenario. Hey, what if taxes go up, right? You're not going to have as much there, right? And, then, and that is true. But like the flip side of that, especially if you look at a lot of the 401ks, right? And depending on where your employer is at that point, you may have what's called a match. And so if you have that match, and for some of you guys, it might be 3%, 4%, 5%, whatever it is, whatever that looks like. A lot of times that can be a great deal, right? They'll match up to what you're putting in up to a certain point. And the cool thing about that match, let's say you're putting in, you know, it's five percent of your annual salary. And let's say that equates to six thousand dollars or whatever it is, right? Up to that six thousand, like that's free money, right? So even if taxes went up, even if you postpone the taxes, that's still free money that you're getting there. That is a great contribution that's going to offset that tax liability later anyway. So it there are pros and and pretty good pros to some of these qualified plans. And so you guys may have heard us talk about like, hey, what when we look at anything inside of this, like what are some of the things that we consider? And one of those main things is what? It's risk. And risk comes in two forms, tax risk and market risk. And it does have both of those to it, but it also has a lot of pros. Would you agree, Jim?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point because the company matches also sometimes can be looked at a way to maybe offset right future income tax liability. If you're getting that, quote, free money on your match, you know, yeah, you have market risk. There's no preservation and protection or any guarantees in this account. You're in the market. You're hoping for the best, right? You're doing the best that you can with, with what you have there. Um, so yeah, that that's uh, something that could be a, a good benefit. Most of these plans uh, offer little to no access during the time in your life when you're accumulating money or putting money into it. Now there are loan provisions and all that stuff that each plan's a little bit different, but generally you're gonna be able to have to pay that back in a in a five year window or so, and might be after tax, you know, dollars and things like that. So you're gonna want to check with your plan to to look at the specifics. But it's generally not a very liquid account. It's meant to be a accumulation account. You put money in that account on a consistent basis. Hopefully it's growing. Hopefully you're getting your match and you know everything's good. Um, and if you do access these accounts before your age 59 and a half the IRS does have an access penalty of 10% on withdrawals on the account not loans but withdrawals before 59 and a half so that's another thing to uh, to consider you know with these uh, accounts as well
1: yeah i kind of call it jim the the qualified plan window right which is you can't access it before 59 and a half and on the flip side of that you have to take what's called rmds or required minimum distributions at age 73, otherwise the IRS is going, Hey, we're, we're counting on you for this tax. You owe us this money. And if you're not going to give it to us, we're just going to charge you a penalty of 25%. So you've got this window of you can't access it really. I mean, you, and except for under dire circumstances, there's some provisions for loans that have to be paid back a certain amount of time. But you can't really access it before 59 and a half, and you have to access it by 73. So the qualified plan window is inside of there. And you might be saying to yourself right now, well, that's fine. 73, I'll probably want it, but there's a sequence to drawing down these accounts where you can actually keep more in them longer and build them up. So sometimes depending on the circumstance, and this is where, you know, this is not financial advice. You would really have to model this stuff out with somebody who has specialized knowledge on exactly how to do that you'd be able to see, oh, if I just how I draw down these accounts and turn on the income, I would actually be able to have, you know, 10%, 15% more. This would last me another couple of years. And that's where the qualified plans just don't really offer that option, which is, again, there's a lot of benefits to them, but that qualified plan window, you have to start taking distributions by 73 and you can't really touch it until 59 and a half.
0: Yet another thing to look at, you know, in these uh, before we wrap up here, Will, is just to think about these also in terms of they're only 45 years old, right? They're still sort of in that testing, you know, phase. The first generation of folks that have used this as a primary retirement, you know, um, vehicle or section of the IRS code to, you know, be a part of their overall retirement. Hopefully you know, the 401k isn't all of someone's retirement plan. It might be a component of it, right? But it's not all of it, hopefully. Um, It's not what it was designed to do. It's designed to supplement, right, Uh, the plan. But let's go back to the rule 72, right? If you want to see how things have really performed over the course of time, take a really good index, you know, like the S&P 500, easy to research. You can Yahoo it, Google it, check it out. And uh, if you take uh, the, the old rule of 72 and been around 45 years, Divide seventy-two by an interest rate. So I think the S and P five hundred total return has averaged uh, net of a one percent fee, four point two six percent over the last twenty years. Right. So it's been it's been good. But if you take something like that and you divide that into your forty-five years, you got three or four doubles in there, maybe. Right. Depending on your rate of return, fee structure, and everything else. And so that's an account
1: when that when, when you, you say doubles, doubles time, what do you what do you mean by doubles?
0: So the the divide. 72 into the interest rate will give you the years it would take for that money in that 401k to double, right? So you want to think about it. When you're accumulating money in an account, you want to be cognizant of um, how long you're going to be investing and what rate of return you're kind of shooting for, you know? Um, Is it interrupted compound interest? Is it uninterrupted compound interest? Things that to kind of consider there. But they've only been around 45 years, right? Still kind of an experiment. And so if you were indexed to the SP 500, you would have gotten, you're somebody that's gotten between three and four doubles. So your $100,000 or whatever the account balance is would have doubled um, probably from a maximum perspective, unless you're really, really, really aggressive and you got super lucky and you're in an amazing strategy, um, maybe five doubles, but rarely, you know, um, is that going to be, you know, something there. So just something to think about in terms of, okay, well, the potential for this is there, there is a um, a tax bill that has to be paid on all on all that, um, but just you know things to things to consider. It's only forty five years old, so we should be able to research these things. And as you know, the next few years starts to really accelerate people retiring. Really, you know, take a look at the effectiveness, you know, of these plans and see how they perform.
1: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing here, guys, is knowledge is power, right? Understanding how these things work, man. The more you understand how something works the more prepared you are, and the more prepared you are, the better outcome that you're going to get. Knowledge is power. We firmly believe that when you have knowledge, when you're empowered, when you make better decisions, you're going to be able to create more wealth. More wealth in more Americans' hands means a stronger America. So thank you guys for joining us here today. If you guys are listening to us. Please give us a five-star review on wherever you're at. Uh, if you guys are on YouTube, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that good stuff, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, everyone.